The first reading can be found on page 748 of the Pew Bibles and is taken from Isaiah chapter 61, beginning at verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. The Gospel reading may be found on page 1031 of your Bibles. It's taken from Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray as we start. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for being with us this morning. We thank you for being in our hearts and minds. And we pray that you might indeed remind us again that your Spirit is with us at all times. And just as we leave here this morning, that we might be different for you because we've met with you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I I do apologise for getting my shirt out once more. Um, 
But how often have you seen an image like that in your newspapers? Either from a manager or the new forward that they've just bought. Because this is the saviour, not me, I hasten to add. This is the saviour, you're the bottom of the league, it's not a problem. Mourinho has just arrived. Everything's sorted. Or it could be that you're the top of the league and you've just bought the best uh, forward that there is. Rooney has come. Your problems are over. The anointed one has arrived. And that is more or less what we've got in our passage from Isaiah. See, we need to remember at this point that the, their worship was all about Jerusalem. It was all centred on the, the temple in Jerusalem. And in the early stages of Isaiah, we've seen that the judgment uh, of God and uh, how the, the, the people are moving away from him. The middle bits of Isaiah were the protection that God would place around his people in exile and over the temple. Then we had those servant songs, if you remember, uh, of Jesus bringing those people back, redeeming his people. And now, verses 55, uh, chapters 55 to 66 are all about uh, the new world. And 61, chapter 61, is just a joy. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. They've been through all that darkness, but now the anointed one has arrived. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed it. I'm here. I've arrived. I am the answer to all your problems. What arrogance? Question mark. Who is it that's speaking here? And actually, I think we're left in very little doubt. Verse, uh, chapter 11 in Isaiah, verses 1 and 2. This will be very familiar to you. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. Of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. How many times will we read that over the next month? Chapter 42, verse 1. This is the introduction of the servant. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. And then, of course, we had that reading from Luke. Could it be more clear? Jesus handed the scroll he either turns to Isaiah or that was the reading of the day, we don't know. But he reads this very passage from Isaiah 61. And then he only says, what a handful of words. This is fulfilled in your hearing today. In other words, I am the anointed one. What an astonishing thing to say Literally, he's saying, I am the one. I am the special one. I am he about whom Isaiah was speaking. And it's interesting, actually, that the word anointed uh, in the Hebrew is very often translated Messiah. 
So here we have that all together. This is not Jose Mourinho. It really is not the arrogance of the special one. This is a simple, bald, factual statement. I am the anointed one. I am the Lord. It is astonishing. And that word anointed um, means that it's planned. If you anoint someone, it's because they are set aside for a special purpose. So this is purposed. It is pre-planned. It is ordained. It is meant to be. The early chapters of Isaiah, which is why I went there, was about the Messiah giving judgment. The middle bits are all about the servant giving sacrifice. This is about the Messiah and the servant being one and the same person. The blinkers have come off. Do you not see? The light has come. The Messiah, God, is the servant. The servant must die in order that the new creation can begin. It's all in one. So what is he saying? What is his manifesto? He's come uh, to do various things, hasn't he? We saw them, they were listed there. He's come to uh, preach good news to the poor. That may well be the materially poor, but it's also the poor of heart, the poor of soul, those that were lost, downtrodden, abused, forgotten, those without a cause. It's all those people, the poor of heart. And why are they poor? Because that's what humankind has done to them. Because we let each other down. We abuse each other and we put each other in positions that we should not be in. No wonder then that the second thing is to bind up the broken hearted. I don't know if you know the name Jimmy Ruffin. He was a soul singer and he died this week. Uh, his best known song was um, What Becomes of the Broken Hearted. So as it just sort of rang a bell, I thought I'd look up the words and I read the first verse and it says this, As I walk this land of broken dreams, I have visions of many things, but happiness is just an illusion, filled with sadness and confusion. What becomes of the broken hearted who had love that's now departed? I know I've got to find some kind of peace of mind, maybe. How sad is that? It's not great poetry, you know, forgive me for that, but it's, it's talking of, of, of a longing of wholeness and belonging, of wanting to be loved and cherished and known by somebody. And that's what our secular world is about. That gooey feeling of love that comes and goes so easily. And the Spirit of the Lord said, I'm here for you. I want to heal the brokenhearted. And I've come to proclaim freedom for the captives, those that feel trapped by their feelings, their guilt. Those that, if you feel guilty, and, and I have from time to time, you feel that weight on your chest that you just can't lift. You feel, you know, your shoulders go down. You sense the weight of the world upon you. 
and you're captive to something. We, I'll, I'll say in a moment actually a little bit more, but we were, we had a wedding go for our, from our house today. It was very, uh, yesterday. It was very exciting because we've got two boys, so that's not going to happen. But we, we had a, we have a girl that lives with us, uh, a young lady, and she got married yesterday, uh, from our house. She's the youth worker at St. Saviour's. And, uh, it was just a joy, uh, to, to have all these preparations. Uh, and we were sitting in the wedding, uh, and Marion received a text. Which is fine. It was on silent, so we were good. That's the funny bit. The sad bit, it it was from some really dear friends of us that we've known. um, We've known for a long time, since university. They have a 13-year-old daughter who has an eating disorder. Uh, And yesterday, she said to her parents, you're better off without me. I don't want to live. 13 years old. Uh, we, we just looked at each other as we are now. And we were completely broken. That poor girl, captive. So captive to the world and how she feels that she can't go on. But the anointed one wants to release her and bring her freedom. And it's the same that it goes on with the prisoners. Whatever binds them for the sin that put them there, the mental torture that they have because they can't forgive themselves. And how often that is the case that we just, you know, other people will forgive us. Marion forgives me for so much, but I find it difficult to forgive myself. And yet God is saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me so that I can give you my Spirit, that you might be free, that you might be released. This is body, soul and spirit healing. It's not just the symptoms of hurt, it's what's inside as well. This, says the passage, is the year of the Lord's favour. The whole world set upside down. The rules that mankind's put in place completely set aside. This is something completely new, completely different. And that, that phrase, the year of the Lord's favour, um, virtually all the commentaries link it with the year of Jubilee, which happened every 50 years. And if you were in debt, your debts were released. If you were a slave, you were set free. If you'd had to sell your house because of poverty, the house was given back to you. A remarkable, this is a new start, a new beginning. The old order, which was right, is recreated and it's fresh today for you. So that's what we have here, the year of the Lord's favour. Can we see what Isaiah is trying to say here? This is something completely new. God is going to break into each one of our lives and start anew. It's what he has ordained. He needed his Messiah to challenge He needed his servant to give himself. He needed his son to die that we might all be able to start afresh. And so in Luke, we have Jesus proclaiming that indeed a new world has begun. And I hope you noticed in that quotation from Luke, it stops halfway through a sentence. The year of the Lord's favour is... is, Let me, I'll get this, I only get this right... 
I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. But Luke doesn't do that bit. He just says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That's where we are. Comma. We're in that comma. That slight pause. Because a time will come with the second coming of Christ when there is judgment and the day of vengeance. You see, a time has to come when those football managers and those forwards actually have to get on the pitch and do something. They have to manage their team. They have to play. They have to be tested. And that's where we are now. We're in the now, but the not yet. The now and the not yet. As I said, we had a wedding uh, from our house yesterday. It was fantastic. It was such fun. We've had uh, the family staying with us for a few days. uh, And of course, all the brothers and sisters came. All the bridesmaids were there. I don't know how many cups of tea I made. Uh, But it was just glorious. Everyone was beautiful and wonderful. Even when they weren't, they were still beautiful and wonderful. Uh, And it was just a joyous occasion. And Jo woke up yesterday and could have said to herself, Now is my wedding. Now I'm getting married. Now I'm going to be Mrs. Tricky. That's, she's got to live with that. I know, that's sad. <laughs> now is my time. But it's not yet. That comes at 1.30 today. Do you see what I mean? It's now, but it's not yet. She was living in the full hope and expectation and joy of that moment. But it wasn't quite yet. But it is now. In verse 3, we have that oil of gladness poured over us. That same anointing of God. We wear a garment of praise because we are different. This is a new start. A new beginning. We are charged, each one of us, with living out a life of new hope, new direction, of release to those that are in captive. It's up to us to image God on earth. We are the image of God on earth. Uh, For those of you that were at at New Wine, you will have heard of Carl Martin, who did some brilliant uh, Bible studies. And he's written a great book as well. He's a minister in uh, Scotland. Uh, And I was just sort of browsing this over the weekend as one does when you have 25 women running around your house getting dressed. I was reading. Um, And I came across this. Carl Martin says this, uh, and it's about this passage. In this kingdom of heaven, uh, sorry, in this kingdom of heaven, who God is, is evident. That's perfectly clear. In my decisions and my actions... In my speech, I bring something of the reality of the atmosphere of heaven. How I spend my money is directed by heaven's values of love and justice more than earth's value of acquisition and greed. How I speak to and of others is shot through with the language and heart attitude of heaven rather than the harsh, demeaning and critical spirit of earth. What does it look like? Will you join up the dots? There are countless examples of the potential of heaven invading earth in your life and in mine. The kingdom is. Let it come. We walk in the now, not later. We are not to wait anymore 
not to hold on for heaven. The kingdom is a declaration and a demonstration that heaven's agenda and heaven's orientation is now here. Of course it's not yet, but in the kingdom, not yet is also right now. We live in the kingdom of God. We are the kingdom people. We are the now and the not yet. We can do this because the Spirit of God is poured upon us. And that anointing that was given to the servant and then the Messiah, if he needed it, how much more do we? That same spiritual anointing is given to us. I had, moving on in the wedding, we'll go on to the reception now, uh, Mary and I, it was a very noisy room and we sat next to the bride's grandparents who were a slightly hard of hearing, so everything was at full volume. I'm sure the room could probably hear. Uh, and I hope they did, because we were having a, a, quite a laugh uh, and then this lady uh, next to me, a dear lady, said, do you mind if we talk about spiritual matters? I think she said spiritual affairs, actually, but I, I thought that was a bit dodgy, so we, we called it spiritual matters. I said, I'd be delighted... And she said, you know, my daughter, Chrissy, who was just opposite, she prayed for me for 30 days uh, and I had an experience of God. He could have been sitting as close as you were. I said, that's wonderful. And he said, but I don't feel that now. I said, no, your feelings may come and go, but in your heart and mind, you know God. And she said, yes, I do know God and I want to talk more and more about the Spirit of God in my life. I want to talk to my husband about the Spirit of God in my life. And I said, and so you should. So she nudged me and she said, tell him. (laughs) (laughs) So in the middle of this reception, I have to lean across the table, Jack, Jack, she wants to talk about spiritual matters. And it was so funny, but it was such a joy. These two people in their mid-80s want to talk about the Spirit of God in their life because even now he's making their life new. For a 13-year-old or for a 90-year-old, as he was, the Spirit of God is in their life and can change it and make it new. Sorry, I'm getting all excited now. And he can for every single one of us. I've had a very emotional two days. (laughs) And it's been great. And I'm sure I'm I'm sharing uh, some of that emotion with you now. But the Spirit of God wants to anoint you just as he anointed his son. Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus. Your spirit comes and rests on each one of us here. You know our needs. How much of you we need. I want to pray for Francis. I want to pray for Jack and for Jean. That your spirit would be in their life. And you would make today the beginning of something new.
and for every single person in this building today. Lord Jesus, come. May your spirit touch us afresh and set us on fire with love for you. In your name we pray. Amen.